Go flex that shirt. You look like Ryan Fitzpatrick. The drop back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Dropback Podcast. This week it is our fancy extravaganza. I'm your host, Stan Wilson, and as ever, I'm joined by Average Joe Costanzo. Average but elite at the same time. Just Not as elite bang. as Joe Flacco is. And the reigning he fantasy is. champion, Matt Burns Peak. How's it going, fellas? I've got a lot of tips for you to catch up this year. It's going to be good. Going for the four peak. And the man who couldn't get out of the group stages last year. Sam Lewis. Last year's over. It's all about 2020 now. Let's go. Trash. Lose trash. Nah. Anyway, so without further ado, let's move on to the, the first segment. The 1-1 one, one pick. So if you had the first overall pick in this year's draft, who is the man that you'll be taking? Let's start off with um let's start off with Slew, looking to pick things up from last year. Well, I think there was one obvious answer that I think everyone will be going for a little little Carolinary running back, but I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson, Ooh. actually. Ooh. Ooh. Throw, okay. a little, throw a little spanner in the works there. And the reason for this, we play, we don't play PPR. And when it wasn't PPR, Lamar Jackson finished 70 points clear of the next highest scoring person in any position last year. He's probably going to get 1,000 rushing yards again. He may lead the league in touchdowns. Who knows? Joe, you reckon that's a good chance this year? I'd I'd say so with the you know the mix of credit. He led the league in passing touchdowns as well last year. Exactly, and so he's he's such an elite player, and there's been no show that he's going to slow down this year. So I go Lamar Jackson number one. Make everyone else panic behind you. Also, what it does is people start reaching for quarterbacks early once once off the board. So a little bit of a mind game there. Okay. Do you not think the defenses will have a chance to figure him out now that they've had a whole year of him playing? Nah, mate, he's rapid. Yeah, you can't figure out being fucking well fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, Listen, there, were t- there were times towards they... last year where they were in the right place. You just got duped out your shoes. I don't know what you're supposed to do about that. No, I think yeah. but containing him in the pocket and adapting your defence to maybe play, to force him to pass more, so maybe rushing more defenders, setting a QB contain up, that sort of thing. I mean, it's possible. I, I back Greg Roman to bring up a new system. He's had just as long as everyone else has to adapt to whatever people are going to do to try and stop it. So... And and to be fair, Lamar has had arguably more. He's he's been training with his receivers and stuff for for months before a lot of of the other QBs even got a chance to because he's up in Florida where they just don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, so that is very true. That's anything like he's probably going to have a lot more chemistry with his receivers than a lot of the other QBs in the league. Well, on that on that note, they have improved their receiving core this year, so that does force def- uh, defenses just to play that a bit more conservatively than maybe they even did last year where a lot of the time they were just rushing it. So I think it's all set up for Lamar Jackson just to have another huge year. Interesting. I love that, Slew. I love you so much for saying that. You love me anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, Matt, is it true that you'll be taking Tua over what, first round? Oh, no. But, <laughs> but it, would be, it would be fun. Um, I mean, I think I, I quite like Slew's shout with that one. and I, I love the... Uh, if if you know about Slew and fantasy, he loves his uh, mind games in terms of when people panic to reach for quarterbacks and stuff like that. Like it's 
Sue loves being the instigator of pandemonium on the draft board. So I think that's actually quite a good shout of just take quarterback. Everyone's like, ah, fuck. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think it's difficult to pass up Christian McCaffrey after what he did last season and the fact that he's still going to be the yeah. Panthers offense this season, I think. It's a difficult one. I yeah. think you'll be tempted to just to just take McCaffrey. I think, obviously, barring injury, you've got easy RB1 production for the whole year. Mm. More dump-offs from Teddy Bridgewater as well. Exactly. That's very true. Joe, your thoughts on this pick? Um, I, I think you can't go wrong with Christian McCaffrey, to be honest, but it's got to be Gardner Minshew, right? For the free beer. <laughs> I knew you would say yeah, that. You get six free beers if you, if you draft uh, Gardner Minshew with the first overall pick. You yeah, may I mean, want to check that <laughs> it applies to the UK because knowing that I don't know it, it probably usually, it probably is a US only deal. So nah, yeah, but it, in all seriousness, I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. To Ooh. be honest, it's the same. I, I'd say him and Christian McCaffrey. It's the same sort of thing that is so integral to that off their their respective offenses. Hmm. Everything runs through Christian McCaffrey. Everything runs through Saquon Barkley. I think he consistently gets great yards per rush and yards per reception as well. But and that's with a pretty shoddy O line over the years, and their O line's got better. I think Danny Dimes is a really great sa- safety valve for him. He's coming into his second year in the league, so I, I think he's gonna his production is only really gonna stay the same or go up. And if it stays the same, then he's worth a n- number one overall pick. Yeah, and, no, it just yeah. depends on how well that Jason Garrett offense works in New York with the pieces that they have, that's and true. whether yeah whether Barkley can replicate the success. The only thing I was going to say about, obviously, with those two, uh, Saquon and McCaffrey, is they're, they're not playing for good teams, if we're honest. You, you might find them often in situations where they, they're, you know, the Giants and the Panthers have to go away from the run game because they're down by so much. I think that they will both still feature in the pass game, but you could see some diminished sort of returns because, you know, they're losing. They, they can't afford to just be controlling the clock. Um, I would actually be tempted to kind of go... Is a bit out there, but so I, I know probably Stan will like this. I, I would quite like DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he would be uh, one one top three pick. I don't I, like I, taking a receiver no. number one unless it's PPR, yeah. and then I then I'm going to go Michael Thomas. I like you can get annoyed with all the yeah. moaning he does, but he does put up a shit ton of catches every year, and yeah, I don't no, see no, any reason why it's going to change true. this year. I think with DeAndre Hopkins though, is he's got he shares that offense with three or four other competent receivers you've got mm. obviously you've got Larry Fitz you've got Christian Kirk Andy Isabella looking to have like a bigger role in the in the, um, in the team it just yeah. yeah as much as I think he's the, probably the best receiver in the league I don't think he's worthy of that 1-1 pick in my opinion I, yeah I think that, that that's, a, that's a good point but I in my mind and uh, it, it can sort of go both ways but in my mind the fact that he is surrounded by other competent weapons means that he can't be doubled as much and especially Red zone production. That's you true. Can't yeah. Afford to stick two people on DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone because it will go somewhere else. Yeah, so, exactly. That's, exactly. A, that's a little insight into Matt's fantasy tactics of going for Julio Jones every year. That he's such an elite yeah. weapon that, if, although there are parts around him, he's going to put up those numbers. So true. I but I, the only thing about that is that I think the value you can get from receivers later on in the draft vastly outweighs the value you can get from running backs early on in the draft. I think if you don't. Yeah. If you haven't picked your three running backs by round five, really, then you're not you, like. The Unless you pick up a smart handcuff or someone that grows into it later in the season, that's a mm. different matter. But you, yeah, you're right. You need at least two starters 
Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, saying in the late, late rounds, you can still get a wide receiver one, wide receiver two potential, but I I wouldn't spend that early draft stock on, on a receiver personally. Unless you're in a PPR where you can maybe wait yeah. for a little bit for a third round running back, but that's a whole different matter anyway. Very true. Right, let's move on to the second segment. Well, 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 Stan, you're skimping on. Oh, you're skimping on. Is this because we've got our draft coming up and you don't want to hand out your secrets? Yeah, you've got me there. No, I'm, I just go, if it's 1-1, one, one, you've, you've got to go Christian, McCra- Christian McCaffrey. Even if, go, <laughs> even if you just go on to trade him, it's, he, he's, he's the only player that you should really be picking with that 1-1 one, one pick in terms of the guaranteed production you're going to get because you don't want to be taking a stab in the dark. You don't want to be taking a risk. If you've got that 1-1, one, one, Christian McCaffrey is your safe bet, so that's who I would go with. It's safe. It's very safe. Yeah, with, with both of them, uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Daniel Jones, I think are going to just have a lot of dump-offs this year anyway, so it's it's equally part, part of it is that as well. I think look at the quarterbacks around them and the talent around them, it kind of has to go through them, so yeah. very safe pick. Absolutely. Now, next up, we have the big name Fantasy Flops. So these are the guys who have previously had big years or big careers, but aren't necessarily going to deliver as they have in the past, hence the name Flops. So, Slew, how, who have you got for this? Well, I just thought you meant big names that aren't necessarily fancy studs rather than coming down from previous years. So I went with someone whose fantasy production doesn't necessarily match how good of a player he is, and that's Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. That's true especially non-PPR leagues, I think you could reasonably say that he's a top three receiver in this league without a whole lot of arguments there. Ooh. Are you going to argue with that? Who's who's significantly better than Keenan Allen? DeAndre, Julio. DeAndre Hopkins. Julio still? Julio, Julio Jones, yes. Michael yeah. Thomas. Michael Thomas, better. Not production-wise. Would you rather Michael Thomas, talent-wise, than Keenan Allen? Yeah. If, if really? you could get yeah. Yeah. the fuck up, then I'd have Michael Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, that Keenan Allen rarely finishes as a top ten receiver in fantasy, especially in non PPR leagues. And, and he's it, good. And he's so good. Plus, yeah. especially this year, when his quarterbacks are going to either be Tyrod, who looks like he'll play most of the season, or Justin Herbert coming in towards the second half. He's not going to put up the numbers that his talent serves for him to be. Mm. Okay, I, I, I understand. I have got uh, rinsed a few times with Keenan Allen drafting him and then I end up always just trading him later on in the season and getting shafted. He will it, have a couple of good games, but, yeah, but that's always, it's, it's always like the first half of the season. He's like, it's, it's like he, he has a good season, but on fantasy, fantasy wise, he's getting me like no points. And I trade him away and he suddenly puts in like 20 point games all the time. Man, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a, that's a good pick sleeve. Um, do you want to go yeah. next? Yeah, I can go. I think this is a this is a bit of a topical one. I think uh, Leonard Fournette just recently Ooh, moved okay. to the Bucks. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah, I think obviously he's a big name. He got a lot of production in the Jags, but when you're moving to the Bucks, where he's likely not necessarily going to be the starter behind Ronald Jones and just the weapons they have around him, I think they they had to rely on him a lot more in the Jags than what they're going to have to do in the Bucks. And I don't think he's he's. Obviously, he got 76 receptions last year. Not a great yards per carry, uh, yards per catch. But I, I do think that Ronald Jones is going to be the guy, the path catching back in in that backfield. Um, so I think he's just through nature of splitting time, yeah. he's not going to be as prominent in the offense as we've seen in previous years. Yeah, agreed. I think you're 100% right there, Joey. It's actually like quite a crowded backfield when you look at it, even yeah. aside from Ronald Jones and. Uh, then Fournette, you've got 
I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't pronounce yeah. his name. Well, like Keyshawn Vaughan as well, and yeah, Vanderbilt, who are, yeah. who are likely to be the pass catching options to that. To yeah, that. Yeah. So it's really going to be, it'd be Fournette and Jones on early downs, depending on how the beginning of the season goes, who gets the ball more. Mm. But you're right, for where you're going to have to probably draft him, it's not worth having exactly. him there. Mm. And, and I, you, you get the feeling that they're going to go with that sort of hot hand committee approach as well. Um, with the Bucks in the, in the backfield, and you can't really blame them for it, but it means that if you see Ronald Jones doing well early early doors in the season and in games, then you're going to see, you know, it's doubtful that you're going to get meaningful touches from Fournette. So definitely a big risk. Plus there's a chance that it's not, it might not even based on production, be who Brady feels is a better pass blocker a lot of the time, that he's more comfortable with having them in the backfield with him. So yeah. you never know. And that doesn't equate to anything in fantasy. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, who have you got for this? Um, I mean, this one's... It, it, it feels a bit cheap because he like he was bad last year as well. He Previously, he's been a stud, but you know, the last few years haven't been good for him. And I think this is going to be... I mean, we could even see him traded before the season, the season starts and it's Lev Bell. Um, yeah. I think he's yeah. someone that still carries a big reputation because of what he was able to do in Pittsburgh. Um so the temptation is there from a superstar name point of view to draft him, but it, don't draft him. Yeah, I took him in the first round last year. It's a big regret. Yeah, because you know his production hasn't been good the last the last couple of seasons. The move to the Jets clearly hasn't really worked out for either party. There's a lot of grumblings about discontent from both sides of that in terms of Adam Gaze isn't keen on Lev Bell, despite what Lev Bell might have recently come out and said in the press. Um, and He's not Gaze player. It doesn't seem to be a gays player. It's difficult to know what a gays player is, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, the, the the temptation is there to draft him because it's Lev Bell and you know what he's done before, but he's not going to get a lot of time, I don't think. He's only going to get a lot of opportunity in the Jets' backfield. We're hearing again in training camp that Frank Gore, the ageless wonder, is more likely to be the star, especially on early downs. Um, that's ridiculous, though. I don't, that. I don't care... I don't care what Lev did last year. He's still better than what Frank Gore's done over the he last. He averaged five like years. under three yards a carry last. He last basically Frank gets Gore's the ball fine in Buffalo. He was fine in Buffalo. He, he wasn't good. He wasn't bad. He's just you wouldn't want him as your starting running back. No, he's, he's, he's a good. Cap, yeah, I'm not saying that makes sense. I'm just saying mm. we've seen Adam Gase block out talented players before, just because he simply doesn't really like them. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Lev Bell is a victim of that. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if Lev Bell isn't on the Jets by the time the season kicks off as well. Who would so if, he ends up, if, he, if he ends up somewhere else, is that a different story? Does then his stock go up a little bit? Potentially, but it hugely depends on where. And we had this discussion with the Leonard Fournette stuff. Of, that's exactly what, this is the same argument though, isn't it? Like he, Leonard Fournette cleared waivers without anyone taking him apart from the Bucks. Hmm. If Lev Bell gets cut, then I can't, I can't see many tra- teams that are willing to pick him up, let alone trade for him. It depends on if he still wants that big contract. He's mo- he is more a well-rounded back than Leonard Fournette is. So yeah. you could argue that people could see a spot for him more on their roster. You can flex him out wide, put him in the slot more than you can with Fournette. He didn't so. even get a big contract at the Jets, though. He lost pretty big contract. Yeah. Pretty big contract. Not as big as he wanted, but still pretty big. And I think the, the other thing is, as we said earlier in the week, there's not a huge amount of teams that are in a desperate, desperate need for a new running back. Like, yeah. a lot of the teams are either have decent starters already or they've recently drafted people in the last couple of years. Yeah. Who- will be the guy so there's yeah. so many rookies this year who are probably going to get starting time at, at the running back position that's, yeah. a thi- that's the thing every year with running backs now going yeah. forward that, that, that 
the rookies come in and they perform at that uh, uh, the running back position much more highly than they do seemingly anywhere else on the field. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's because they've got more be, left on the tyres, and that's exactly. the big fact. Well, also, also, it doesn't seem like it's as big a jump from college to the NFL as maybe other positions are. So yeah, college run I mean, games are becoming more and more pro style as we move through the year. So that's what helps them as so well. This is going to be a big issue going forward for running backs. Well, it has been for the last few years anyway. So. Mm. Exactly. So yeah, don't reach for left belt. Not going to have a lot. Where would you take him, Matt? Yeah, if he falls to the fifth or the sixth, do you take a chance? Or does it depend on what you've already I'd got? Take if, him, if, I'd if, take him in the fifth. If you're in the fifth yeah. and you've only got one back, do you take him? Yeah. There are I better know. backs out there, even for fifth round value than left belt. I, that's what I'm tempted to say as well. I think that you can probably get a starter who's going to get more opportunity and more. He's, he's still going to be a starting running back, though. He, his numbers that he put up last year were absolutely awful. I drafted him in the in my in the first round because I had a late I had a late pick in that round, and I just had I sat him on the bench for the entire year. I think my starting running back ended up being someone I picked up off waivers or traded for. He was he was a waste of space to my roster, and I think I ended up cutting him. God, there you go. brutal. He's a bad. He's a, he's not a good player in, in that. I'm just saying, offense. if a starting running back falls to the fifth, I would probably take him. Oh yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, my big name fancy flop is David Johnson, recently traded to the Houston Texans. I can't see him oh, with that as well. Pardon? No, I just no. It's more of an admiration for Duke Johnson, the role he played there last year, and the okay. fact that I don't understand why they traded away DeAndre Hopkins. I don't understand why they traded for David Johnson because they they've got their receiving back in Duke Johnson. He played he played well even just as a starting running back last year in the absence of Marlon, so I can't see David Johnson contributing to that offence as, well, as much as people would maybe predict. Mm. So he would be a guy I would take in the fifth round maybe over Lev Belt, but a, a flop nonetheless. He's, he's a potential, I think a lot of people are going to kind of have, have that opinion. I think he's going to fall, considering every year he's been like a first round draft pick for the last however many, ever since that breakout season, he's been a first round draft pick like early on. And I think he's he's potential for a sleeper in some sense. I think a lot of people are going to pass up on on David Johnson, and he's still going to be a, a running back one, like I said. So if he does fall into the fifth or the sixth, then he's cu- currently ADP. Because I I looked into him as well because I thought yeah. is is at the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth. I think value wise, that might not be the worst pick in the world, David Johnson. Yeah, he's not. He isn't what he is. But, where do you take Duke Johnson? Where do you take Duke Johnson? If I think David, I, I'd rather have David Johnson than Duke Johnson. So you think Duke, Duke will? Duke will I don't get think. Less I don't think that they trade that much for him and don't force feed him the ball. Yeah, yeah. Even I, from even from an ego point of view, for Bill O'Brien, you, I don't think you can trade Hopkins. Yeah, Hopkins for David Johnson and not right. Yeah. This is what we do. David Johnson is our guy. But and if you force feed him the ball, it doesn't work. The reason he had a breakout year in his rookie year is because you had that. Deep, deep ball offense led by Carson Palmer that you had going downfield, which allowed David Johnson to be a sort of th- uh, third or fourth receiver in some sense. To be fair, that, that's all they have. They have those um, deep threat guys. Yeah, it's Will Fuller is the, the wide receiver one. It is, it is true, but I'm just saying they can't afford to force feed him the ball. They can't allow their entire offense to roll around him. It needs to be Deshaun Watson focused and he just needs to be an outlet guy. Anything more than that, he will struggle. Yeah. There's also the caveat of he can't stay on the field as well. We've seen. Yeah, lost to injury so much, and yeah, that's a big factor when you when you're thinking of taking a guy that high. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on from this, on the other end of the spectrum, we have our fantasy sleepers. 
the mm. guy, the underrated guys, the guys who didn't do well so last year, and they'll maybe step things up and deliver this year. Matt, who have you got? Oh Jesus! Um, ooh. you're on the hot seat. I'm sort of torn. I don't even. I don't really know if you can even count. Can you count them as a sleeper? Say it, and we'll tell you if you're wrong. I'm thinking Matt Breeder. Where's he being taken? I think I think you can get Matt Breeder probably seventh, eighth round. Then yeah, I'd say that's a sleeper for a starting running back. Because, you know, obviously goes to the offense. It's not the most glamorous offense in the world in terms of its production last season. Um, but actually that O line's gotten better. I think Breeder as the role as that pass catching change of pace back with Jordan Howard doing the dirty work on early downs gives a lot of opportunity for him to excel. It's the same sort of run scheme that he did well in in San Francisco. You know, if he can stay healthy, I think you can get really, really good production from Matt Breeder. Do you worry in a non-PPR league, like such as the one we're in, that Jordan Howard is going to take up those early carries, like you said, that he'll also sort of vulture the red zone carries as well, that sort of does severely li- limit what Breeder can do? He has got that Mike Tolbert yeah. Ooh, potential yeah. of... Uh, of, of, of nicking the touchdowns. But I, I think looking at that, that, that Dolphins offense and especially with the, the run game compared to last season, the run game last season was terrible. Um, yeah, it was. Back production to O-line. And the O-line's gotten better. I don't know if, if that O-line is going to have improved enough that they're going to be trying to, you know, I, I feel like we you like to see more Matt Breeder getting targets out of the backfield rather than Jordan Howard trying to punch it in from five yards. Yeah. Or maybe not even in the backfield. Apparently, there's rumours that he could line up at receiver early in the season, seeing as though you've only got two good, healthy receivers. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, that, that, um, obviously, Al, Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns are out um, for the season. We Miami just cut Seth Rogers as well. So, yeah, Breeder's pass-catching ability... I think is going to keep him on the field a lot more than you might traditionally associate with that sort of third down change of pace back role. Yeah, um, and like I said, Jordan Howard will do the the sort of early downs. And I think it means that Matt Breed is going to be spread around a lot and, and see a whole bunch of targets. Just, yeah, and as that change of pace guy, he's more likely to see the chunk plays and the big gains exactly. downfield. Obviously he has that added pace as well that Jordan Howard doesn't have. Yeah. So Despite the fact Howard is this going to be probably the starting running back, I wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't be surprised at all if Matt Breed ends up landing more points than him, fancy wise. For reference, um, I looked up his ADP and it's late eighth round slash early ninth. It's pretty good there value. There you go, sports fans. Snap him up. Is that Have it, Slew, What have you got for um? What have you got for this segment? Well, the sleepers. I think that if you miss out on the top two tight ends in Kittle. And Kelsey, maybe you could put Andrews in that, Joe, as well, before you kick off. Then you wait until the 8th, ninth to pick up a tight end because there's so many of those middling options that I don't think are that different. Mm-hmm. Because is Darren Waller going to do it again with all those targets they've now got around him? Zach Ertz mm-hmm. again with, when he's got Dallas Goddard on the same team as well. So when you can get like the Chris Hurdens, Hayden Hurst, CJ Azuma, all of these are the only tight ends on the roster, basically. Mike Gasicki from the Dolphins that are going to put up pretty similar numbers to someone you can get in the fifth round. I think you're better off stockpiling your running back receiver position and taking a tight end later on. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, considering the fact that as as soon as you move away from those top three or four elite tight ends, then the... the, It's just a big mess. Yeah, exactly. The quality of them is very average, is very similar across the rest of the board. So 
that could be a wise strategy. Especially with tight end, I like to look for opportunity rather than raw ability there because teams are going to feed... Sorry, do you have a tight end in mind? Or... Yes, I, I give did, us a name. I like CJ Azuma on the Bengals. I mm. think tight end's a good security blanket for the rookie quarterback there. He did utilise his tight end a lot in college. Mm. And he is the only tight end on the roster. They got rid of Tyler Eifert, who apparently is showing up in Jacksonville, but I don't like drafting him when he hasn't stayed injured for the last four yeah. years. Oh, so yeah, Azuma would be my late-round flyer there. Nice. That's nice. Joe? Fair enough. Um, I've got a few written down. I'm not going to lie. Uh, one that I thought would be quite interesting just for the talent around him, and I've talked about him a few times, uh, QB1 potential with really, like, his ADP is currently round 14. It's Drew Locke. So, obviously, move. yeah, I mean, it's, it could be considered a risky one, but I just think the talent they've stacked around him, Melvin Gordon's a great pass catching back. Obviously, we've got Judy there, KJ Himmler, um, oh, Hamler. 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 Hamler uh, sounds, like, sounds like it works for the SS. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I realised as I was saying it. <laughs> um, um, and then Cortland Sutton, who we, we were mentioning the other day, is like one of the most underappreciated wide receivers in the league. I think not necessarily for, like, I don't know what we have in Drew Locke, but I just know the talent around him is yeah. so high that if you can pick him up in the 14th round, he has, and there's going to be a lot of leagues where you can kind of cycle through QBs and picking them up then, I think he's going to have some really favorable matchups throughout the year. Yeah. Um, there's another one as, as well, I think, is, is one of the rookies, but AJ Dillon for the Packers, the Packers dropped him in the second round. I think he's going to be an absolute touchdown vulture. He's a big, like, six foot something, 248 pounds. They're going to bring him in the goal line. Um, On that note, then, if you take Aaron Jones early, do you then see yourself then having to take AJ Dillon to get some of those touchdowns back? uh, Or do you worry that someone else is going to steal your touchdowns on a matchup basis? Yeah, but if you have two, if you have two running backs of the same team, all you need is a good defense, like to lock down the run game. That's two players you've taken out of your lineup, essentially. It's a risky one, though, especially because it does look like Dylan will, as Joe said, take a lot of those red zone carries where Jones was so effective last year. I don't think you reach that high uh, in the second round for for running back without having forcing him to get some some touches, and especially on the first year of a rookie contract, I, I think he'll do. It. He's not the best pass catcher, but I do think he's going. He's going to steal a lot. He's not of a pass catcher. Aaron. No, he's not. But um, Aaron Jones, he's is going to get a lot of his touchdowns taken away from him from from AJ Dillon this year. Yeah, I mean, you, you could talk about him getting drafted in the second round, and how they'd have to like almost justify that pick by giving him the touches in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I think the, the entire Packers draft strategy this year was a bit whack, and in, in the terms of the fact they didn't draft any receivers, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider him. I'd consider him a sleeper, but I wouldn't consider him one of those players with a high ceiling to score you fancy oh, yeah, points purely because of the fact that Aaron Jones is there. But yeah, also, like, he might be a. If you're in a dynasty league, he might be a really good pick there because Jones yeah. is on the last year of his contract. I can't see them giving him a big move if Dylan is going to be the guy because they, like you said, Stan, spend a second round pick on yeah. him. Yeah, he's averaging yeah. about round 12, just for reference. So, like, the value you can get from that. I mean, if you, if you don't have any value, if he doesn't give you anything over a few weeks, you can always drop him or trade him or something. Yeah, that's true. It's not the and end just, of the world. Just talking about the, the whole Dynasty League um, perspective of looking at it, if you, the running back market next year is saturated, and that's not going to mean that these running backs get paid higher. It's going to mean that they get paid lower. 
than they'd like to purely because of the fact of how many running backs there are to choose from. So yeah. it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if, if the Packers did re-sign Aaron Jones because no running back is going to have the leverage next year to secure themselves that big deal they want. Maybe. I think there's enough GMs that haven't caught up with the rest of the league that are still happy to pay running backs, though. So Yeah, the other ones. Aaron one of the best running backs in the league. Everyone agrees he should get more more workload this year. I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening, potentially. Okay. Um, my sleeper player for this year, I'm going with someone you guys won't draft at all, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with saying this. Um, Dan Arnold, tight end of the Arizona Cardinals. He was another one on my list, actually, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you think he's, he's safe. <laughs> he's not a guy like many people have heard of purely because of the fact he got a limited sample size last year. We brought him in off, um, he was a free agent. We, we signed him late on in the season as we were having tight end troubles. And he managed to secure a touchdown or so. But it was it was the way he scored the touchdowns. He demonstrated he's got great hands. He's got great route running ability. He can block. And in an offense that doesn't really need a tight end, he could, he as a player, can be flexed out. He's quick. So... It wouldn't surprise me if he scored a lot of points in the fact that Max Williams won't get a lot of usage. Daryl Daniels won't get a lot of usage. So Dan Arnold could be one for the later rounds. And I can't imagine he's even being drafted at this point. Yeah. The thing is, with tight ends, you, you almost don't need them to put up huge numbers. If you've got yeah. a solid rest of your team, you can take tight end late. If they get 20 yards, if they get, what, six to eight points a week, game week, maybe eight to ten, that'll probably do you. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, he's just he's just one to watch out for in the later rounds because of the fact that not many people have heard of him, not many people will take him. And in a pass-heavy offence, he's likely to get some targets as we move down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Draft-worthy worthy rookies. Wait, who was, who was Matt Sleeper? Oh, it was Matt Breed, Sleeper. Breed, yeah, it? Matt Breeder. Yeah. Real deep dive there, Matt. Matt for Matt. Yeah, it's just a t- typical pick from the end. Oh, I wonder what I wonder what's happening. I wonder what's happening. Maybe Matt's not giving his secrets away. <laughs> Maybe, and we can we already know who he's who's going to be in the next segment for his uh, draft worthy rookie. Oh, is it a certain uh, Tagovailoa? Hmm. <laughs> it could well be, you know, fellas. But I, I think in all seriousness, though, there's no point taking him unless you're in a dynasty league right now. Not not super early. There's, I mean, there's point taking him, but not. He's he's doubtful to play very much this season. Certainly, he's not gonna. You're not gonna get a, a full slate of games from him. Um, also, there's limited potential with the Dolphins' offense. So I don't think to a unless you're in a dynasty league where he's obviously got the the great upside for next season and beyond. You you don't want to be taken to a too high. Um, Either that or you've got a really good quarterback as your first guy who's got a late bye week. So Tibble will yeah. be playing by the time that happens. But Exactly. So you, And I mean, I, yeah, it, it, it's, I think it is that sort of situation. Um, in terms of other draft-worthy rookies, um, now I'm going to butcher his name, but the, the tight end that Green Bay took, Joshua Degor- Degora, I think that's how you say it. Um, anyway, tight end for Green Bay Packers. Um that Green Bay Packers tight end room, you know, it, it, he could quickly emerge as the go-to pass catching tight end in that in that room. You know, I, I know they've got Mercedes Lewis in there as well, but getting any younger, Jake He's Stone. currently the third or fourth choice tight end at the moment. 
plus Aaron Rodgers doesn't generally pass tight ends would be true. But then you've got to think at the, you know, with the other weapons. Um, you know, you've got obviously. By all means, take him though. Yeah, take take him. But we saw we saw how Jimmy Graham played in um, in Green Bay. So plus, like yeah. I say Jay Sternberg has been getting all that publicity all off season. I just I think if you spend a third round pick on a tight end, you're crazy. No, you're not. I think, got, I, think got, I think you've got to look at the trend of rookie tight ends as well, that they don't, it does take them a while to get acclimated, especially someone as pernickety as Rogers, how he likes everything on his offense. I think it could be a while to see the field. Potentially. I mean, like I said, there, there's, I mean, there's the obvious ones you've got, obviously, you know, Ruggs, Judy, Clyde Solaire, they're going to go. They, they, I don't even need to, you don't even need to mention them because they're going. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm trying to think of ones that, you know, maybe. Are going to be hovering around in those late rounds where you're not sure that it, what sort of output you're going to get. I think Degora's got some good yeah. potential. Um, yes, obviously, as you said, Rogers with tight ends hasn't always been a fantastic match. Um, but I think they've, they've taken in the third round. He's a big target. He's got yeah. some great catching ability. He could be someone who's, especially latter end of the season, could be getting some meaningful red zone targets. Yeah, that's true. Um, I want to quickly jump in and put my way out here. Um, Van Jefferson, receiver drafted by the LA Rams, he's quickly jumped up the death chart and overtaken Josh Reynolds. So he will be playing number three receiver on that Rams offense behind Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. He was he wasn't the, one of the top receivers in this draft, but he looks he looks like he's going to get some of the most production out of all the receivers purely because of where he is in the offense and how we know that the Rams love their short inside passes as a West Coast offense. Mm. Um, I'd be interested to know his um, ADP at the moment, as I can't can't imagine it's that high. If you keep talking about him, I'll find it for you. I imagine awesome. it might be undrafted. I, I think he'd be undrafted, to be honest. I think he'd be a late round guy, but he's been he's been climbing recently. He's, his stock's gone massively upwards ever since it came out of camp. He's overtaken Josh Reynolds for the number three spot on the um, on the receiver depth chart. But he's yeah, he's definitely definitely worth a pick. Yeah, it looks pr- pretty much undrafted. Oh wow! Number eighty-five overall receiver, and that's in PPR leagues. It's in the hundreds when in standard leagues. You heard it here first. Wow! Speaking of undrafted, um, I've got it's Joe for the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) Yeah, they haven't signed me again. But um, (laughs) now Chase Claypool, I think, is going to get some serious starting time for the Pittsburgh Steelers and he's currently ADP is round 17 which most leagues don't even have a round 17 so you're going to be able to pick him it, it will probably look like your last last pick overall and I think uh, a player who's going to get some wide receiver 2 slash 3 potential he's a big body receiver he's going to get a, a lot of red zone targets potentially as well and take take some of the pressure off of uh, I've completely fucking forgotten Ben Roethlisberger, Juju. Juju, yeah. That's so, such a simple one. Um, to, yeah, take some of the pressure off of Juju. So I think that's, like, just from the value alone, that's, that's ridiculous. And another receiver would be Justin Jefferson, obviously the first-round pick for Minnesota Vikings. His ADP is currently in round 11. And considering he's starting off as wide receiver three for the Vikings, but I think he's he's got potential to fully take over that role that Stefan Diggs has left. I think... Yeah, I, I really can't imagine that him not being the best receiver there at the end of the year. I'm going to go out and say it. Ooh. 
Apparently, Bissy has been out playing him in training camp, but again, if you reach, if you, if he's sort of contributing up to week seven, eight, and then he comes back, becomes a full-time starter, and is there for your playoff push, then yeah, and it might take them uh, rookies a few weeks to adjust. Yeah, of course, you've got to get to the time. playoffs for that to happen, though, so haven't you? I don't know what you talk about, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's one more. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just um, mate. I'm absolutely fine out. with you telling us all your sleepers. Actually, I think I'll leave this. <laughs> no. um, oh, come on, I've already sold out on Van Jefferson. You've got, um, you've got ev- J.K. Dobbins. I'm going to be. Oh, oh, that's not a sleep. He was one of mine. Not a sleeper. Yeah. So, what, what? That's not silly. He's got a proven track record. That's, that's not a sleeper, though, is it? Oh uh, well, he's. You can get him in the seventh round. That's you know, for for a running back, that's that's. I consider quite good. He's obviously people are thinking he's not necessarily. Uh, going to start at the start of the season with Mark Ingram, but his value is higher than Mark Ingram. He, by the last stretch of the season, he's going to be taking over that bell, ho- bell horse role. Um, yeah, and he obviously broke records at Ohio State. Uh, he's going to transition into being that running back number one. And I just think, you know, the mid, mid-round mid like sleepers is still a sleeper for me. I love J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> So at least you at least you topped that off by admitting you were just being a homer. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got a, mine's actually quite similar to J.K. Dobbins, and I don't know why I was having a go at Joe because he's also on my list. So, Please. but I've got Zach Moss, who's coming currently being drafted around the twelfth round. I like that. I like that pick. And as well as Devin Singletree did last year for the Bills, there's been a lot of talk. It's probably going to split carries, and Zach Moss may be the red zone guy as well comps to Marshawn Lynch coming out with that big guy hard to bring down so if you're not playing in a PPR league which I'd recommend taking Devin Singletree out of the two I would probably hold off and take Moss later in the draft because he'll be the guy getting those touchdowns a lot of the time hmm. I like that there's yeah. also another one that I'm not allowed to mention because I think Stan would be very upset if we mentioned his guy before what Akers from... oh he said it now yeah. Akers isn't a sleeper Akers <laughs> is a second round running back are we, on, are we on draft worthy rookies? Isn't that we did yeah, sleep? Draft with? draft worthy rookie. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, but that, that... <laughs> Okay, but we could we could just mention Clyde Edward Lair and the rest of the like it's just I would that's too obvious. Yeah. The pick of the low hanging fruit from the tree. I've got another fun one though. Go on then. Lynn Bowden Jr. Ooh. Raiders. I want him to be good. Uh, I want him to be good. Yeah, but Very I think he's gonna be more of a gadget player. Yeah, but I think that, that works in his favour. In the fact that you can see him line up at wide receiver as well, I think he'll be in and around the game plan, not just as a running back, but getting targets out of the backfield. And, and you know, he has played some quarterback, like Taysom Hill. Do with mm. that what you will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like he could, I, I think he's another one that's going to be falling pretty late and could have some upside, especially latter half of the season. Fair enough. If, if if you can get him late, get him. I just don't think he's going to be yeah. consistent enough throughout the season. Oh, no, you don't, don't take him fucking round one. <laughs> <and> stupid. <laughs> Do it. Don't be dumb about it. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you reckon you could take the lead, win the lead by taking Lynn Bowden first overall? I'm, I'm not going to answer that because I know whatever I say, you'll try and coax me into doing something stupid. And not here for it, Slee. Doesn't need that much coaxing. <laughs> Strictly business on the fantasy front for me. Oh dear, that's uh, interesting. But let's uh, let's move on to the high risk players. So these are the players: high ceiling, low floor. Hmm. Slew, kick us off. 
This is hard because I think he's a really good player. This is mainly built with, we don't know what his quarterback is yet. And there's a lot of targets to go around. So there's a chance that he may not see as much as ball as he has in the past. And that'd be Cortland Sutton. Ooh. I think it's a very, that's not a knock on his talent in any way. It's just, yeah. I don't, if Drew Locke isn't what everyone thinks he's going to be moving up this season. And you've taught, already taught Joe, they've brought in KJ Hamler. They've got Jerry Judy. They've got two running backs now that also catch the ball in Lindsay and Gordon. You've got two tight ends, Noah Fant and Albert O. That's a, lo- that's a lot of targets for a second year quarterback to spread the ball around in. So maybe he'll still be the go-to guy in the end zone, in the red zone. But when you've got two tight ends like that, that's not even going to be a given. So given how good he is, Cortland Sutton could actually fall down to earth a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, like we said, it's such I a I thought you were into that one, Joe, because you looked very angry when I first said it. I think at the start, I was just kind of like, oh, but he's a good player. But at, when you're saying it, like, they have just loaded that team. That, that offense is stacked. So it makes sense that his production will go down. I don't, I don't know. I think the big, the big, like, produ- big players will get the most production on offense would be Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton. The fact they've got experience, they're great targets. Like Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy, he will get some targets. The big, the big factor on the offense, I think you should just take out of it for the year one at least, is KJ Hamler. And the fact that he, he, he was massively reached on. He, I, I think he, he wasn't ready to be drafted yet. Wow. And he was, literally, he was literally just used as a gadget player in college. Like He's got great speed, great hands, but in terms of being ready for the NFL, I don't think he's that guy yet. So I, th- I think Cortland Sutton's a relatively safe pick, I'd, and I'd be interested to know his ADP as well. Yeah, that'll be, it'll, be, it'll be relatively early, I think. I'd... Yeah. Not too sure. I think it's high. Will, it's they, be it's high to, will they be able to utilize um, Hamler as a deep threat, moving him around to take advantage of matchups? Yeah, I don't know. It could, could well do because obviously, you can, yeah, we all know that Drew Locke's got a rocket of an arm mm-hmm. and he's not afraid to use it. So KJ Hamler could well benefit off that, but I don't think he's going to. You know, forget everything I just said. Cortland Sutton, you can get him in the sixth round. Sixth round. Sixth round. Pick him up. High ceiling. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Great pick. <laughs> that is a great pick. There we go. I'm going to move him to sleeper, actually, in that category. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. Matt, Matt, what you got for us? Um, I am going to piss Lou off a little bit here. Sorry, Slew. Um, I reckon okay. Zach Ertz. I, no, I agree so. with that. Has you know, I think you're going to see a lot more Dallas Goddard this season. I think with the contract situation with Zach Ertz as well, will play a part in that. Um, in that, I mean, it would depend, if, if reports are true, then him and the Eagles apparently have halted tra- transfer. transfer. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I just don't think you're not going to give him the ball because you're still trying to work out a contract. He's still got two years left on his deal. Yeah, when does the GM? Yeah, true, but I think. You know, the, it, it plays a role if, if a player's not going to be there long term, especially with a team that's fairly young and you've got mm. up and coming players like Dallas Goddard, who showed glimpses last season that he, could, that he can be that sort of air apparent and, and red zone threat. Um, and also the amount of, you know, they, they went and got another, they spent a first round pick on a receiver. Who's injured for a few weeks? Who's injured? Who injured yeah, I was going to say potentially the start of the season, Zach Ertz could have more production than later on. 
Plus the Eagles, they run, they run so much 12 personnel that, that they're both going to be on the field at the same time. It's not going to be a matter yeah. of taking Ertz off the field to put Goddard on. They'll both be on together. So I don't think that restricts his... True, but I, I do think he's not... He, I don't think he's the bona fide red zone target anymore. I think... Okay, yeah. That, that makes sense. To vulture those touchdown opportunities for him, um, mm. which I think contributes to potentially that low ceiling. Yeah, that so maybe his his draft right. stock falls this year as a result of the success of Dallas Goddard from last year. Yeah, and awesome. I think it's a more balanced offense as well potentially. Yeah, yeah but he's absolutely. one he's one of those tight ends I was alluding to that you don't need to be taking in round four or five because yeah. talent wise he's there, but opportunity maybe he's not going to be what you want out of a round four player. But what you'd expect for from you no know, everyone knows Zach Ertz as the you know fantastic. Yeah, the the fantastic tight end that he is, but I think it might be a situation where the 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 name offers more than the actual production. Especially yeah, if you're in a league where Kittle or Kelsey go round two, and then people yeah. start reaching for those tight ends. Mm. Don't even reach. Yeah. Don't, Don't fall need... into the trap of reaching for tight ends. It just ain't worth it nope. if their name doesn't begin with a K. Exactly. That is that is law. That's it's the tight. It's the golden law of tight ends. Sorry, what was that, Joe? Just getting angry about Mark Andrews. There's, there's a certain oh, man called Mark Andrews. Really Mark Andrews. There. Mark Andrews is he was he an is absolute good. boy for me in fantasy last yeah. year. Yeah, he's, okay. he's just genuinely sick. I, 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 I think he, I think he'll be a higher draft pick though than he was. Yeah, yeah, for sure, was last definitely. Year, so. He was good. He's going to be going in like the third round. Okay, I'll remember my statement. If their name doesn't begin with a K, or his name isn't Mark Andrews, then don't reach for him. <laughs> Thank you. Are you happy with that, Joe? Yeah, better. Okay, who's your uh, who's your high risk player then, Joe? Um, it kind of goes off the back of what I what my sleeper was with AJ Dillon, and I think Aaron Jones in a way, not necessarily low floor, but I think he's a lot of people are hoping he was going to be the bell horse back this year after his performance last year. But Matt Lafleur, no, the what? The bell. <laughs> what? Not the bell cow. Bell bell cow. What. <laughs> what did he say? Bell, bell horse. horse. <laughs> <laughs> The bell piece back. <laughs> uh, I said that before as well. No yeah, you said, you anyway. said that earlier. I just ignored it, but it's fine. The bell horse. <laughs> the bell horse. Anyway, yeah, I think that was like a boxing. Matt Lafleur changes up his running backs too much. He did it while he was in with in Tennessee as well with Derek Henry. He's gonna give AJ Dillon a lot of those carries, and he did it last year as well with with Jamal Williams taking a few carries. And I think Jamal Williams is still in the mix as well. So I think. Aaron Jones is a really talented running back. He's really good. I love him, but I don't. I just think, given Matt Lafleur's track track record and given them spending a second round pick in AJ Dillon, I think some of the production is going to go away from Aaron Jones. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Williams ended up getting cut. Actually, considering that they just signed AJ Dillon as yeah. well. All right, they're trying to trade him. So yeah, well, Jamal uh, Williams. Who would trade for him? You can get a decent running back off the free agent market. No, I'm no not one's, a GM, no one's giving up a sick for Leonard Fournette. I said they're trying. I, didn't yeah, say but I think part of, part of it with Fournette is that he was attached to that four million contract. So yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if Dylan's if not Dylan Williams is on less, then maybe it's more inclination to go for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess that is true. It's very true. Um, my high risk player. I've got I've, there's a few of them, but Joe Burrow stands out massively. Ooh, okay. Okay. You know, considering we saw what he was able to do at LSU, we saw the talent that we saw the talent he has, but that Bengals offense doesn't fill me with confidence at all. The wide receiver core is pretty thin, and the fact you've got Tyler Boyd 
and um, you got Tyler Boyd and AJ Green returning. But apart from that, there doesn't Gordon seem to be much going on. Decent. Gordon Tate's decent. But he's decent, isn't he? That's all he's, he's decent. Higgins. Pardon? Higgins. T Higgins isn't ready yet. He can't. He can't beat press coverage yet on man. So until he can do that, he's not going to be a successful receiver. But I just, it's really hard. It's really hard to evaluate him as an NFL player at this point, yeah. obviously, because we haven't seen him. And we're going off his amazing college tape he put up. It's just the fact that he's in Cincinnati. He's on a weak Bengals roster. Yeah, that is true. So he could end up popping off. He could end up leading his team to an okay record. He could end up throwing for more than four thousand yards. But then again, on the other, on the flip side, he could he could disappoint massively. So that's it what could I've got be different in, in a dynasty league potentially. If I like took we said with Tua, yeah, took... dynasty for sure. But yeah, but I, I don't also, think he's going to get much this year. I don't think he adds anything over some of the established players. He's he's not like he's a rookie coming out. There's absolutely rapid and going to up a load of rushing yards, which boosts yeah. fantasy. I think he's been drafted around similar times as Matt Ryan. So. I'll there, take Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan in an instant. Oh yeah, he's just not. He's just not in the right situation to be able to get that production yet. And it's nothing on his talent. It's like I said, it's what's around him. And the fact he's a rookie quarterback. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And Matt Ryan's. It's an even year for Matt Ryan, so he's going to be good. <laughs> Cheers, Joe. No, that's a thing. <laughs> that is a thing. Yeah. Oh, he performs okay. so much better on even years than odd years. So superstitious. <laughs> Just a fact. Just, you know, the stats don't lie. Stats never lie. Never, ever, ever. Just um, used to make nonsense points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why watch film when you can read stats anyway? It's true. Um, to, to wrap up the show, we've got one last segment. Mm-hmm. This is this. I've written on my page here, your guy. That's, that's, that's precisely what it is. It's the your guy... Not necessarily your first round pick, not necessarily like a late round sleeper, just your guy who you, you want to draft at all costs, pretty much. Your Fonte got... Mac, no matter what. Yeah. Who? <laughs> you've you not seen Draft Day on there. You need to watch Draft, draft Day. Day. It's such a film. And it's suspended from the drop back until he's watched Draft Day. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> the most right, ludicrous you... trade deals on, on the. Right, if you if you cheers every time we do the fantasy, the, these our guys are known as our Vontae Max because, yeah, no matter what. Okay, we'll, we'll rename this the Vontae Max segment, and I'll, I'll watch I'll watch the film this evening. <laughs> good, 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 good. Right, can I can I kick this off? I think I mean Slew and Joe 100 know who I'm going to say here, based yeah. on fantasy. All right, go on then. Got to be Julio Jones. Ah, oh, Julio. Julio Jones, no what? Matt doesn't leave a draft without him. Well. <laughs> When you Honestly, say no matter what, what, what if you don't have a high enough draft pick, then you're a chump. Okay. If I take if I take him at the top of the second, what what are you going to give me for him? Matt's not letting him get to the top of not, the second. He's not going to <laughs> the second. And I'm punching you in the face. <laughs> Julio Jones is my guy. Will always be my guy till I die. Draft Julio Jones. Okay, thank you very much, That's Matt. For that insightful, insightful yeah, little brand. <laughs> And if he's gone, then I'm deleting my team. Well, that's what it is in this segment. It's, it's just a more emotional. Uh, I don't need reason a reason. Just, that's his won, guy. It's his guy. Three times in a row. Don't fucking come at me with reasons. Got <laughs> <Not> three of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Slew, who you got for us? Well, my guy flies in the face of everything I've just said 
all this podcast about tight ends. My guy's Travis Kelsey. Every- <laughs> <laughs> Spends the whole podcast saying, hey, don't, don't need to draft tight ends. Don't do it. <laughs> he said that for a reason. He's got it in your hand, Matt. He's in these mind games. If, you don't get, if I don't get Travis Kelsey, I'll wait. But if there's a chance that I'm in the end of the second, beginning of the third, I'll take Travis Kelsey if he's there. Because he's got such a high floor each week. And I just bloody love the guy. He's great. Puts up big numbers. I'd rather have... It's not even close, but I'd rather have Kelsey or Kittle in fantasy. Wow. Okay, fair Give me Kelsey. Right, Joe. You're not allowed to say Mark Andrews, but carry on. No, no. I'm (laughs) going to say a player I've had every single year since I've started fantasy. It's a bit of a weird one. Let's try and work it out. Matt, I try to think who Joe has because he never puts up big points. (laughs) <laughs> but this fellow puts up big points except last season where he's a bit there. But he's Zeke still won. my guy Zeke no you're um, not going to get him honestly you're not it's Chris Thompson <laughs> oh Joe, Joe oh he is that oh I should have got that I he loves love Chris Thompson Chris Thompson that's a good pick to be honest considering the fact that Leonard Fournette's just been cut that's... I would have taken him anyway mate honestly <laughs> Joe, he's been available in our other league up until the Fournette news broke. Yeah, I'm not really paying attention to that league. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't believe you. Travis, they're, they're, I mean, they're all the, the same sort of player, aren't they? Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey, Chris Thompson. Exactly. No, but <laughs> this guy was right. He, he, in my years, he saved me so many times. He's had over like 10 receptions. 100 yards receiving in a game coming out of a running back i think the jags realistically they're going to be playing from behind all year they're going to be in situations where they were on a lot of passing downs thompson's going to be in and that's when he's get, he gets the most production anyway he's an absolute boy for like stealing all the late game production out of he's a garbage time beast. monster isn't he he's a yeah. garbage time beast and <laughs> honestly he's gonna get a lot this year i'm gonna take it well I don't I'm, think you can I'm not going to reach, but I'm, I'm, he's my I've, boy, man. I've picked him up in one of my other leagues, to be honest, as a free agent. So He's always a free agent, unless Joe's around. He is. He is. That's the thing. You, you always pick him up as a free agent. It's beautiful. So under, undervalued, underappreciated. He just needs some Joey love. Okay. <laughs> Joey love. Joey love. <laughs> the best kind of love. <laughs> my guy, as you all know, is... Oh, I've got two my guys this year. They're both running backs and they're both rookies. There's Clyde Liberty there and, of course, none other than Keyshawn Vaughan. I mean, Cam Akers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you had the whole time to say it. Thank <laughs> okay. um, you. Yeah, Cam Akers for me, purely because of how he played at, at FSU. Like, I, I spent quite a while watching the film on him and evaluating the rest of the rookie running back prospects. And he just stood out for me as a guy that could have had a bigger college, a bigger, bigger college career than J.K. Dobbins, a bigger college career than Jonathan Taylor. But it's the fact he was on the worst roster you could imagine, with the crappiest offensive line, the worst play calling, the worst quarterback, everything you can imagine. It was awful. Like Willie Tucker, FSU was just awful. So he's going to deliver when it when it comes to playing in LA behind. Well, it's, it's an okay offensive line. It's nothing special. Serviceable, but. It's it's serviceable, yeah, it's serviceable, but he's he's gonna rip, he's gonna rip off. So they feed the ball from from day one, or is it yeah, they're, they're, to... they're gonna feed the boy. They're gonna feed the boy. There's gonna be none of this running back by committee. It'll be Acres taking seventy percent of the snaps. Well, well, um, for your sake, Stan, with the amount of, you won't shut the fuck up about him this offseason. <laughs> let's hope he's gonna ball out. And um, Clyde Edwards-Helaire is obviously the same because 
handpicked by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. He's going to take over from Damian Williams and just be about like a million times better. So I thought your guy was DeAndre Swift, or was that just from a non-fantasy outlook? Um, I really like DeAndre. Yeah, DeAndre Swift. Like pre-draft, I was quite high on him. I don't really like him going to the Lions because the Lions are crap. But yes. yeah, they got carry on. Yeah, keep calm and carry on and all that. But um, no. DeAndre Swift will probably be the starter there. He'll take the majority of the snaps. But I'm not I'm not particularly high on him now that he's in Detroit. I, I'm slightly vexed that you, you've come out here with two guys. Clearly called your guy, not guys. Okay. Your guy with a son. Joe, F. add another guy. Yeah, yeah, go for it, Joe. Mark Andrew. Your... <laughs> Alright, we've well, always retracted. No. <laughs> Is it, okay. you, are you just saying you're angry so you can talk about Mark Andrews a little bit more? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Mark Andrews is this amazing tight end. He plays for the Ravens and Joe loves him. He catches bare touchdowns, mate. The biggest red zone threat in the league. Oh, Stan, please end it there before he gets <laughs> goes monologuing on Mark Andrews. Uh, All right. Anyway, Slew, Matt, do you have any other guys you'd like to talk about? Um, it's my one and only. Your one and only guy. Julio to the day you die. And we'll wrap the show up there. Join us next week for our awards prediction show. And football will be back on Thursday night. Woo! Until then, you can check us out on our website at www.thedropback.co.uk, on Twitter at The Dropback, Instagram at The Dropback, and on Facebook at The Dropback UK. I've been Stan. I've been Matt. I've been Joe. And I've been Sam. See ya. The Dropback with Sam Lewis. Matt Burns Peak and Joe Costanzo. Just right. football's finally here. Don't Woo! think about the sad place. <laughs>